Wake up, John Doe, you're the hope of the world. to my ears yeah is that the saying I don't know I feel like it's something like something to your ears but it's not honey though is it honey it's like I feel like that's like a, a actually a bible verse in song of Solomon when he's talking about like his wife he says something about like your words are like honey or your breasts are like honey milk and honey or some shit right some shit like that I don't know you know there's like three honey movies? Or four, maybe honey four. Honey Boy? No, Honey, regular Honey. With Jessica Alba? The first one's got Jessica Alba. But there's like three other ones. 
What are the rest of them about? I think it's the same character. It's Honey going out and, like, dancing. But they switched out the the main character? Well, I mean, they didn't get the same Beethoven for all the Beethoven movies. Mm. Oh, so it's like a Crow situation? I think it's like a Crow situation, yeah. But But in the Crow, it was a different character every time. I think this time... Is honey every time. Oh, you're supposed to just like suspend belief. Maybe. No, you know what? Because the once I think I read the synopsis for yeah. the second one, and it said something about uh, it was a girl who's like a dancer at Honey's school or something like that. I guess Honey opens a school. Oh. A dancing school. Okay. And where's Jessica Alba the whole time? Running the school. So, but she's not in it? I don't think she's in the second movie. Okay, no. so the rest of the movies are like her prodigies? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. yeah. Or they're just different honeys. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's not enough. That universe isn't built out enough for me. What was believe. What was the movie even about? She was a, a Honestly, break dancer? Honestly, I've never seen it. You never saw Honey? Was it kind of like a, a Save the Last Dance? Um, No. Because they weren't uh, doing the whole, like, race thing where, like, they're like, oh, we about to teach this white girl how to dance. I don't think they did that this time. I think she, Take like... that weird-ass shirt off and wrap it around your head, bitch. Yeah, I think she had a uh, she had a crop top most of the movie with, like, baggy pants. Okay. I remember the dance, the, like, the did dance. they call her Honey because she's, like, a little bit, a little bit brown? No. No, like is Jessica that... Alba, isn't she, like, a Latina? Um, well, the last name Alba, she's something. She's something. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Should we start the show? I guess. Should we give a shout-out to Jessica Alba real quick? Nah. Shout-out to Jessica her. Alba. Nah. Idle Hands. Was she in that? Yeah. Nah. She was the love interest. <laughs> Did she marry the dude that she was in that movie with? No, you know who was the guy in that movie? Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. Sawa. All right, let's start the show. All uh, right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Actual Comedy Presents an Actual Podcast. I'm Andrew Ace. And I'm Erin. And uh, we're here to present to you a fantastic show. Um, been a crazy week. Yeah. Lots of crazy things happening. Every week has been crazy, but like the... First of all, it's, we're two weeks almost into 2024. Yeah. Uh, I still don't feel like 2020 has ended. Yeah. And um, everything it's everything's happening at such a rapid pace that I don't even know how to fucking keep up with it. It's impossible to keep up with everything that's happening at the same Literally time. Literally impossible. Yeah. You gotta, keep, but, you gotta keep notes, like daily notes. Yeah, but who can do that? CNN sends you, sends you like a things you need to know for the week. Yeah, they're we, usually lies, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a crazy week. Uh, the Iowa caucuses are about to start happening. Yeah, just found uh, out what that meant. Everything's like super cold because there's a cold front happening right now. No, but it's hot here. It's hot here, yeah. But the middle of the the country is, like, frozen. Uh, yeah, they were saying that the day they do the caucuses, which is, uh, what is it, tu- a Tuesday? Is yeah. They're saying that uh, it's going to be, like, negative, like, 20 degrees or some shit. Yeah, Yo, do you think that th- that's some, like, low-key weather manipulation to, like, discourage people from going out? I mean, probably. <laughs> do we have the we have the capacity for it? We already know we do. Yeah. But well, uh, I sent you that uh, 
that article about the ice bowl, that Super Bowl that happened in the 60s where oh, everything was frozen. yeah, yeah. This is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's basically what this is going to be, uh, I guess, for whoever's caucusing. Yeah. If you're in a caucus. Yeah. So, like, I, don't, I still don't understand the caucus thing. I think you get together with all your, like, buddies in, like, a spot, and, like, you just uh, debate on, like, who you think should be the guy or, or, the, or the, the gal. Okay. Or the they. And then each caucus, like, turns in their, their vote at the end of the day? Uh, I think they all, yeah, they all, like, have to, like, come to an agreement, and then they report it to whoever the captain is of the party. That sounds like the mummers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're uh, New Year's brigades. Do you think they're caucuses? Well, I was reading to you the differences. Apparently, the Republican caucus, you just, like, choose. Like, they just ask you who you want to be the nomination. And then they just go by, like, whoever has the most. Yeah, and then for the Democratic one, there's, like, this weird, like, process where it comes in, like, phases. and <laughs> The first vote and the first... It's weird. Like, I don't know. That's a democracy for you. Yeah. I mean, but that's not even the democratic way would be to do it the way the Republicans do, right? Um, Technically, if we're talking about what a democracy is. Well, yeah, but I don't think they're using it in that sense. Oh, yeah. Why would they be when they're talking about our democracy? <laughs> this is fucking insane. Um, it's clown world every day for me. I just I don't know. It's like I don't believe in reality anymore. Yeah. So what do you what do you think? What do you want to start with today? Um. Let's start with uh, our first segment. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Let's start with our first segment. It's a returning segment. Here we go. Oh, no. All right, guys. Uh, here it is. And now we present to you Actual comedies, motion picture classics. That's right. It is actual comedies, motion picture classics, where we uh, take the time out of our busy schedules to uh, review a movie that's had like a cultural impact on uh, the culture at large, right? Yeah, like... American culture, things that are going to be, like, part of the lexicon when you look at colleges and shit in 20 years. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've done a couple of these so far. Um, so today uh, we decided to go uh, with a crazy, crazy movie that's had a big impact on the culture. Yeah, uh, and our lives personally. Yeah. Uh, do you want to... Say what movie it was that we watched. I think that you should reveal the movie. I just want to let everybody know that we really wanted to make sure this was different from the things that we have already reviewed. Yeah, yeah. So without further ado. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we decided to go with uh, Fast and Furious. Which is weird because I thought that was the name of the first movie. No. See, the first movie in that series is called The Fast and the Furious. So we're, the two those aren't in it. The, the two those aren't in it. I feel like the last two movies of the, uh, like the, the, what do you call that? The set? Series? Using the competitor? Competitor? <laughs> the computer. <laughs> oh, the volume was turned off. Nobody be... heard it anyway. Oh, no. No, that's okay. Go ahead. What did you say? I said, um, do you think 
that, uh, oh, not do you think, I think that the last two movies of that movie franchise should be Fast and then Furious. Oh, like two different movies. No, yeah, but like it's gonna be like, like that's sweat gonna suit. be yeah, like suit and sweat exactly. Oh. But like it's gonna be kind of like how uh, Dom Toretto came to be. Yeah, so yeah. So like, how did he get fast in one of them, and then how did he get furious in the other one? Yeah, yeah. What do I you like, think? I that, like that it. how it closes out. I like it. I mean, we'll see if uh, Vin Diesel decides to keep going with this franchise that's made him a billion dollars so far. I don't know. He might decide not to. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, this this one, he really lacked some uh, character depth. Really? That I felt that he either he had more of in the other versions mm-hmm. or... The other characters made up for it more in the other versions, so I didn't notice how one note he is the whole time. Okay. Well, yeah, that's his entire, like, acting catalog, though. I don't think he's ever, like, deviated from that, like, formula. Like, he doesn't ever react to a situation. No, no, no. He's just, he's the cool guy. He's just chill about he's it. He's just cool and chill, yeah. They're like, you're, you're, the love of your life was murdered. Okay, so, so, let's yeah, how does it start? start? I mean, like, okay, so it starts like all the rest of them. Um, <laughs> you're going, like, you, your, your opening scene is a chase of some sort. This one, it's a chase of Dom Toretto, Letty, and Han, who I thought was dead. Which is crazy, because I'm like, how did he come back? Right, because um, he had died uh, He died in, in Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. Drift. Right, yeah. So, he comes back, um, and they rob an oil tanker? Gas. Gasoline. A potato, potato. Yeah. Right? So, their way of doing this is to drive, I guess, tow trucks as fast as they can up to the back of the oil tanker backwards. Right. So that Letty can then jump out of the, the car get the oil tank hooked up to the back of their tow truck. Then she sprays, what, liquid nitrogen on the metal? Some and freezing then agent, cracks yeah. cracks it with a hammer. Yeah. And then they, the driver of the tow truck takes off with the tank of oil. That was Han. He got Han. the first one. He got the first one. So there's like six tanks on this truck. Yeah. And then what do they get, two or three of them? They get two of them. Two of them. One, yeah. one of them blew up. At the end. Well, yeah, so they get the first one, Han drives it, and then the second one in the car, there's uh, reggaeton artist Dego Calderon. Oh, there's a rapper. And uh, Don Ormar. Which, I mean, I was wildly ignorant of the uh, the rappers in this one. I didn't I didn't know who they were. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they were in uh, Dominican Republic, so they had to get some... Oh, is that uh, where they were? That's where they were, yeah. Well, that's what it said in the first uh, thing. I was about to ask you, like, where's this... Dislocated. Yeah. Because part of it was in America, though. No, they came back to America, but you could tell they were in the Dominican Republic because the guy that was driving the truck full of the gas, he had a a pet iguana. And I think truck drivers only do that in the Dominican Republic. So all Dominican truck drivers have an iguana with them? I mean, don't quote me on that, but yeah, maybe. Oh, that is a tradition I had no idea of. Yeah, we gotta look into it a little bit more. He didn't prove to be much help, though. The iguana? Yeah. Did they kill that truck driver in the end? No, remember he jumped out before because they they were approaching the curb. What did the what happened to the iguana? Did it explode with the truck or did it come with him? No, he he took the iguana in his arms and he jumped out. And he just ducked and rolled. Okay. So the the craziest part was 
Dom is such a good driver yeah. that, um, so they get two things of oil. The third one they try to steal, but it like falls off, blows up. And then as this oil tanker is speeding and like, like tumbling down the road at Dom, mm-hmm. he figures out a way to wait to the very right moment right. to drive under it. He drives right under While it. While the tanker just flies over him. Yeah, Like, exactly. completely avoiding any kind of scathing or anything. So badass. I mean, I feel like maybe in this one, he's our Christ character. Oh, okay. Perhaps. Okay. Well, he the, his sacrifice was the... Uh, the, uh, the... Giving first, up Letty. The Well, we didn't get to that yet, but... Or the the oil. He they had to let one go to the. Oh yeah. You know, oh, that's why I keep calling it oil because it fits this uh, theory better. Gas and oil are the same fucking thing, right? I mean, they they. They're made from the same thing. Yeah, I, I mean, believe. potato, potato. Yeah. Oil. Oil. So, you know, they get off with the two things of oil. They go have a party over it, and then Dom's like. Yeah, they're looking for me now. I got to get out of here. Yeah. He tells Letty, like, I'm leaving. Uh, I don't want you to be, like, associated with me when I get caught because then you'll go down, too. Right. Oh, he sends Han away. He sends Han away. He goes, Han goes, I heard they've been doing some crazy stuff in Tokyo. Which then it's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. This is actually a prequel to Tokyo Drift. That's right. So it filled so many holes in for me, which was great. Um, so Han goes off to Tokyo, and um, uh, where did so Dom went to the Dominican Republic? Is that what happened? He was in the Dominican Republic with his crew stealing gas. Okay. And I guess uh, what were they doing? Like fucking. Was uh, he still racing? stealing gas when he left Letty? No, he. Oh no, he. Okay, so he left Letty, and I think he went to, like, Brazil or some shit, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, apparently, like, she was, uh, what, whatever she was doing, she, she got She went back she to murdered. America. She went back to America. Well, to she work was, on that car, remember? Oh. Did she ever finish it? No. Yeah. Well, anyway, she gets murdered. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it was just kind of random, though. Like, so that all sister, happened so fast. His sister calls him. Uh, wherever he is and yeah. he's working like as a mechanic and she's like Letty's dead yeah she knew like the street uh, fucking payphone to get a hold of him <laughs> in the middle yeah. of the fucking Dominican yeah. Republic I told you not to call here <laughs> how the fuck did you know where I was <laughs> but uh, he was just like she just told him Letty's been murdered and then he like just was completely like dumb faced for the rest of the time like I'm like is he even upset about this he was pissed off I, but I couldn't even tell like show some emotion you know yeah well then maybe that is how he shows emotion is it like that like uh what is it called that like uh the the man can't can't show their emotions kind of a thing uh or you think that's just an acting choice the man can't show his emotions like you know how like like john wick's kind of like that but at least he's a little bit more reactive like you know you can tell john wick's like that because keanu reeves plays that like type of part that way if john wick was like fucking john crier true it would be a whole different thing <laughs> yeah that's different i mean i guess whole, but they killed so my ben, dog charlie f- <laughs> or, or john ritter oh john ritter no 
No, nah, it wouldn't have worked. Because he would have been too believable as, like, a, a, a angry guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. You would need, like, a, like a, a, a nerdy... I don't know. Who else? Know. Who, what, would make, what would make the Fist and the Furious uh, series so far different um, if, they, if they switched out Vin Diesel? Like, who would, who would you put in there um, to make it ridiculous? To make it, like, ridiculously awesome? Yeah. Probably, like, Mel Gibson. You think? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Mel Gibson. Do you, imagine, do you think the series would have been bigger or smaller if they had Mel Gibson as Dom Toretto? I think they would have leaned harder on the Christianity thing. You know? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Remember he found the cross in a car? Oh, was that, like, a god, a symbol from God, or was uh, it just, like... It was Letty's, uh, it was, I think it was Letty's cross. So, like, so, anyway, Letty gets murdered. It's kind of, like, unclear how she's murdered. Yeah. Right? Or why or whatever. But Dom comes back into town, and then they show the funeral scene for Letty. Yeah. Where uh, you can see Dom watching, like, the funeral happen because they have the house staked out. Which, at first, I was like, oh, is this, like, one of those things where they're trying to make him think Letty's dead so that he'll come back to town? Yeah. But uh, apparently not. But, anyway, he's seen in, like, you know, 20 yards away from the funeral, watching what's going on. Yeah. And then, like, 20 yards behind him is Paul Walker. No, no, no. Paul Walker is 20 yards away from the funeral because he's part of the cops that are there. And 20 yards behind Paul Walker is where fucking uh, Toretto is. Remember? He was, like, near that uh, oh, cell phone so, tower. Oh, okay. That's what was so funny is that they kept, like, the camera kept backing up to show, like, a different character observing <laughs> things from the shadows. But it was, like, broad daylight. That's why I was, like, this is shady that, like, I, I thought maybe her death was, like, trying to be, like, was, like, a, a trap for him. Yeah. But apparently she really got, got killed. Yeah. So... For whatever reason, the next scene is just Paul Walker in this, like, all-out, like, chase of some guy. Yeah. He's back with the police. They don't really tell you how. He's with the FBI now. Oh, the FBI. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's with the FBI. He's chasing a dude all over. Uh, and then they cut to a scene where they're trying to take down a drug dealer. Is that what happens? Yeah, but they're trying to find, uh, there's like a, a drug dealer that's associated with street racers. And I guess like all the best street racers are hired by this drug dealer to like uh, transport the drugs. Okay, so they can tell like who are the drivers by like their recent purchases of NOS or whatever. <laughs> no, I think, what, what did he do? He beat the one guy up and then he got a name and then uh, there was like... It was like a vaguely Chinese name or something. And then he sent it to some lady in a lab somewhere. And then she like ran it and she was like, all right, these are, he was like, uh, find all the matches for the name and tell me what the make and model of their cars are. And then she was like, yeah, this one has a hybrid. This one's an SUV. He's like, nah, not that one, not that one. And then she gets to one where she just names like a bunch of letters and numbers in a row. She's like, it's a GT uh, 67.5. He's like, that's the one. <laughs> and she said, how do you know? And he said, because that's when I drive. Yeah, or no, he said, because I, I, I crashed that one before or oh. some shit like that. <laughs> so this movie is really following the same storyline as what happened with Tokyo Drift, right? Well, Tokyo Drift was a, a stranger in a foreign land, right? Oh, stranger in a foreign land, but they're still working with the cops, undercover in a mob organization 
Yeah. Where like one the one character is like he's in trouble and they're trying to get him out of trouble, but like if he helps them take down this mob organization, they'll like call it even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Okay, yeah. But at the end of this one, they do this whole thing where you know both Dom and uh, what's his face, Paul Walker race to work for the heroin dealers that the FBI is trying to take down. Right, because Dom figures out by going back to the scene of the crime where Letty died, uh, what kind of car was the one that ran her off the road by just, uh, he finds something on the ground and like sniffs it or whatever. Oh yeah, it was some like yellow dust. Cut it, ni- like, nitro meth or something. Only fuck it, what did he say? He said only pussies run nitro meth. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so from that, he was able to deduce who had used it. Right. So he, he joins this organization in order to try to figure out who killed Letty because he finds out that Letty was working for this guy in order to get some money. Uh, but then he finds out later the reason behind that. But anyway, he jo- he tries to uh, join this organization uh, to try to figure it out. Paul Walker's doing it to try to get the guy that's the drug dealer. Uh, they end up having to race each other. Uh, Dom beats him, right? Always. Always. Uh, what did the guy say? American muscle beats import every time, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, was that the plan, though? Like, I thought they had planned for him to win. No, they didn't plan for oh, that. Oh, they were full gunning. Like, yeah, like yeah. They were trying. Yeah, but okay. Paul Walker wanted to win because he wanted to take the guy down, and he didn't want uh, Dom to get involved. Yeah, because he didn't want him to get caught. Yeah, exactly. But once they realized they were working, he was working with them, they were like, okay, when you guys are done, you're going to bring Dom back. That's what the FBI said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got him immunity, they thought, because they, they did the job. Right. They got the money. They got the money. They, they got, got the, the wrong power. guy. They got the wrong guy, though. Oh, yeah, they, they got the wrong guy. But then they eventually get the right guy. Well, they didn't know that the guy that was setting up the races was the fucking drug dealer the whole time oh man fuck it there's so much misdirection in these movies <laughs> it's like oh man how can i keep up so uh the fbi tries to bust them they end up busting busting like a bunch of like drug dealers or whatever and they're like proud of that but they didn't catch the guy that they wanted so dom still hasn't killed the guy that killed letty so he's like i gotta go back and you know go and then I gotta do something for the family. Yeah, and then Paul Walker's like, "Well, I'm gonna come with you, brother." Yeah. And then they go together, right? They go together. They set up a meeting to try to give the guy the money. They end up kidnapping him and trying to. Oh, they go to Mexico, right? Yeah. And then they come uh, back across the border, but they're being chased by the dude's guys. Oh, okay. And okay. And then they all like mostly die in that like tunnel, right? Yeah. And then at the end. Uh, Toretto comes out and he kills the dude that killed Letty supposedly, right? He pins him, he runs him over. Yeah, he got yeah somehow he like pins him against the car. Yeah, and then uh, they get the drug dealer. Paul Walker's about to what do they call it when a cop gets it? He, he he's about to get his cuff. He's about to get his cuff for the day. Uh. They say that. I, what the hell does that mean? I think and that he means like, to put cuffs on somebody? Yeah, he he's, he got his cuff for the day. Oh, like he, okay. Something like that. And then uh and then Toretto, right? He's about to leave and then Paul Walker's like you got to get out of here. And Toretto's like I'm done running. 
Fist my whatevers, right? Yeah, because he kind of fucking double-crossed him a little bit. Because earlier he was like, all right, if you do this with me, I got you immunity. Right. And then, like, right before they started with, like, the, the last race, they were like, nah, we got to bring this guy in. Right, exactly. And then at the end, we see Dom Toretto going in and was like, even though you helped going into court. Yeah. To, co- to a court situation. Because he lets himself get arrested. Yeah, because he let he was like, I got it. It's, it's time for me to stop running. Which, let's be honest, if he wanted to keep running, he's fucking Dom Toretto, right? I mean, he could have exactly. kept running if he wanted to. He was doing that bitch a favor, right? He should have jumped over the uh, counter like oh, that like guy that did in the video. Oh uh, yeah. But anyway, so they sentenced him to twenty five years to life with no possibility of parole. Mm-hmm. And we're like, that's it. That's the end of Dom Toretto. That's you it. know, he's gone for good. And then what happens? Then. He's on the prison transport bus, and all of a sudden you see the bus like driving, and then you see smoke coming, right? Oh. It's coming from some fucking cars, some fast cars, because they're oh, here. Oh, and they're furious. They're here to break out their boy, Dominic Toretto, from going to 25 years of life in prison. Hell yeah. And then it cuts out, and that's it. That's the end of the movie. That was the end of the movie. That was the end of the movie. Life-changing. I don't think they did uh, the... I think the one after this one is the one that they start doing, like, the after credit scenes and shit. Oh, okay. Remember, remember back when movies didn't used to do that? And it was just, like, you the went to the theater, the as soon as you started to see the credits, you could just get up and leave? Yeah. That was the best. I know. Now everybody's like, no, you guys stay yeah, here for it might, it might be something. You one more know. thing. <laughs> you can't do, like, not live encores. You know what I mean? Like, it's fear at a concert and the band, like, pretends to leave and then they come back. Like, that's, that's a like, good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it can't you know be a live, I mean? it has to be a live if encore. If it's a live, if you're a live thing, then you can do that little, like, you know, misdirection thing. Right. But, like, if it's a fucking movie, like, just get through with it. Yeah. None of us have time for this shit. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, what'd you think of Fast and Furious? Did you like it? Um, No. Oh. I loved it. Really? I, lo- I I just, like, the importance of this movie, I, I don't think I can, f- like, completely grasp yet. Yeah. It's, like, one of those things where there's so many layers of, like, symbolism and all that kind of stuff that I feel like I almost might have to go back and watch it again. There was a lot of, like, hidden, like, things in there, right? Yeah. Like, the, the way the... Uh, the the shirts like when when they went to go investigate her uh, murder scene, I think Dom was wearing a blue shirt and yeah. the, uh, his sister was wearing like a red dress. Yeah, she was wearing a red dress. Yeah, and it was like a blue and red like matrix thing going on there. Yep. Like he could have decided to take the red pill and mm-hmm. not investigated the murder and just like lived with fucking his sister. Exactly. But he couldn't do that. He had to take the blue pill. Go take fucking. You got to take drastic measures. <laughs> take drastic measures. Some of my um, favorite quotes, though, before we end this segment. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those boys who appreciates a fine body, regardless of the make. 20% angel, 20% devil. It's, I thought you said 80% devil. Oh, shit. That's right. 20% angel, <laughs> 80% devil. <laughs> 
That's what he said to Gal Gadot, right? Was that Gal Gadot? That was Gal Gadot. Damn, yeah. I had no idea. A uh, former Israeli special soldier, uh, Gal Gadot. <laughs> it, she looks so much smaller in that movie. Yeah, I think they did that on purpose. How did they get her to look so small? Because when she was in the other movies, she looked like... You know uh, what they do is they put, like, whenever they got short guys like Vin Diesel or Tom Cruise... They put them up on stilts or something? No, they build, like, a platform on the set where they walk and everybody else walks on a, like, other, like, side of stair, like, uh, floor that's, like, lower than their floor. <laughs> so, like, with perspective and with camera tricks... Tom Cruise looks taller than your average Nicole Kidman. But in reality, it ain't happening, Jack. Damn. <laughs> what, are some, uh, what are some other quotes you wrote down? Um, when I see flashing lights in my mirror, I don't stop. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. So I just those are the two things I took away. Oh, those were the only two quotes. I thought I wrote down more to be honest with you, but I, I think I just too. started to, and then. Um, I feel like I remember you like listening to something that Vin Diesel would say, and then you going, "Wait, back up like ten seconds. So I can write this down." <laughs> but then what happened? You just got lost in what he was saying. Yeah, and it was like he used a little. He used a few big words that I couldn't write down real quick, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck it, it's not that important." <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to abbreviate appreciates into appreciate. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good, though. Um, yeah, before we end the segment, I got to ask you one question. Yes. How many times do you think he said it on the, on the set of this movie? Paul Walker. Said what? Cuh. That's my new favorite clip. Uh, I don't know. Don't answer the question. Oh, was it one of those ones where you keep it yourself? It's one of those questions where I just asked you just so I could play the clip. Okay, clip that out. Okay, I will. Yeah, Fast and the Furious. No, Fast and Furious, right? Fast and Furious. No, the... Know that. Um, should we move on to our next segment here? Yes, please. All right. Let's get it started. What's that going on? What's that going on? What's that going on? What's that going on? What's that going on up there? What is that going on? That is correct. It is our What's a Going On segment where we uh, discuss all the latest things that are happening in the world, uh, all the uh, cool current events, right? Yes. Um, yes. So, uh, like we said earlier, it's uh, been a crazy week. Um, I wanted to start off talking about uh, the uh, Hunter Biden thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, they were having a uh, contempt of Congress trial okay. for him, and he crashed it this week. So he wasn't invited to the trial that he they were doing for him. Yeah, well, I don't even think it was a trial. So they refer to it. Hearing? They refer to it as a markup of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Okay. Where a panel was set to approve a resolution 
to hold Biden in contempt for defying a subpoena a month earlier. Okay. So, uh, like a month ago, they subpoenaed him to show up to, uh, I guess it was Congress. It might have been the House or whatever. Uh, but in order to testify about his business dealings and to see if he was, like, uh, doing anything that might, like, implicate his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but he decided not to show up to that hearing. And instead, him and his lawyer showed up to the other government place, right? Is this the Senate or some shit like that? Yeah, he just, he went to the other building. Like, what, if yeah, it and was then the had, house, he showed up the Senate or vice versa. Yeah, and then he had like a, he had like a press conference. <laughs> he just did a press conference on the steps yeah. while they were waiting for him in court. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not going to show up there, blah, blah, Um So anyway, he did that last month. So this month... Uh, this past week, they were doing, uh, they call it, they call it a markup. I don't know if that means like a meeting, but basically <laughs> to agree to what they call a resolution, uh, which is like a, I guess a statement to say like we uh, hold him accountable for uh, denying that subpoena to show up at court. That's called defying a subpoena. Defying. I thought it was contempt. Yeah, con- contempt of Congress. Okay. For defying the subpoena, so okay. the the act he did was defying the subpoena, but the law that he broke was defying Congress. <laughs> um. So he they had this thing. It's like a meeting to discuss if they were going to hold him in contempt, and then he shows up with his lawyer and his buddy. Um, as soon as lawmakers recognized that Hunter was in the room, uh, the meeting devolved into chaos. Uh, with one lawmaker being heard asking, uh, who bribed Hunter to be here? <laughs> uh, that was the, uh, that lady, Nancy Mace. Uh, she's like a representative, which I don't know, is, I guess that's different from a, whatever the fuck else they do. Like, there's a congressman, there's a house a representative. A, sen- a and senator? A, and a senator, yeah. There's all these different fucking things that all don't do anything. Right? Yeah, they're just names. Um... Well, anyway, is she the one that was like, "You're, I bet your dick can't even get harder." <laughs> yeah, she said. Uh, she then went on to say, uh, "You are the epitome of white privilege, uh, coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here." <laughs> oh, Okay, Aaron got a slide whistle, and she's very excited uh, to use Who it. got Aaron a slide whistle? Let's <laughs> <laughs> pretend like it just showed up magically here. Uh, <laughs> so she went on to say, uh, you have no balls to come up here. I think that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. Um, Biden then exited the, the hearing room just as Marjorie Taylor Greene was beginning to speak. Uh, she then called him a coward. Um, after exiting, Hunter's lawyer gave a brief statement before continuing to scurry out of there. Uh, multiple questions from reporters were thrown Hunter's way. Um, he only responded to the one question, and that was from that Fox News reporter. And I think it was because she was a blonde chick. Uh, <laughs> she asked him, uh, why did you put your dad on speakerphone if he had nothing to do with your business? And his response was, uh, let me see if I could do my Hunter Biden impression. You ready? Yeah, do it. Uh, do you have a dad? Uh, do you have a dad? Do you have a dad? Uh, does he call you? Uh, do you answer your phone? Okay. That was my Hunter Biden impression. Yeah, he sounds like just like a little bitch. 
Like what I imagine uh, uh, Alex Murdoch's son probably sounded like before oh, he murdered him. Oh, God, yeah. Little Timmy's going to come out. Um, <laughs> what I thought was funny was I was watching this live as it happened, and there were, like, other questions uh, being thrown at him from the different reporters that were there. Yeah. And these were uh, my favorite questions other than the one that uh, he got asked that he responded to. Uh one reporter was heard asking, uh, Hunter, what's your favorite type of crack? Uh, and then they asked him, uh, are you on crack today? <laughs> what's your favorite what's type your of favorite crack? Ty- Is there different types? I don't, there's gotta be, right? Do you like, think there's like artisanal crack out there? Yeah, this is blue dream crack. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hunter also has something called a sugar brother. And that's what that... Remember you were like, who's that guy wearing that weird jacket? That's not his lawyer? That's a lawyer, but not his lawyer. His lawyer was the older looking guy in the regular suit. The other guy is what they're calling a sugar brother. Uh, his name is Kevin Morris, and he's a Hollywood entertainment lawyer. Uh, and he allegedly gave Hunter about $4.9 million over their three-year uh, friendship by allegedly paying about $2 million in tax debts, tax debts for Hunter, and the rest was from purchasing artwork created by Hunter. So he, uh, over the course of their three-year friendship, gave him $4.9 million. Sugar a, brother? He's a sugar brother, yeah. What the hell? What Is there a website that? for that? To get it, like to find a sugar yeah, brother? Yeah, like you needed like a, like if I wanted like a sugar sister, what part do you have to give them sugar? Uh. <laughs> Is it a I mean, trust thing? me, I know guys. All we need is a beer in our hand and a bro by our side, and we are out of the way. <laughs> I, that's so weird that th- they would say it like that. Like, it's, it's, it's are weird there, that are they're... they using it like it's a known term? Sugar brother? Oh, yeah, sugar brother. I don't know. I feel like they just, like, invented it and just started going with it. <laughs> um, but, like, it's weird. Like, they had... Uh, Jill Biden's not his mom, right? She's his, like, stepmom? Yeah, she's his stepmom. Remember the uh, there was that accident that killed the mom and the, and the oh, baby? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jill Biden was behind them in that accident. I don't want to start anything, but... Like, in the car? Yeah, in her car. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, apparently they, there was an accident. His first wife and their daughter died. And I think Bo and Hunter were in the car. They just weren't that hurt. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they had her, like, out there doing, like, interviews saying, like, she's, like, so proud of his sobriety and that the, uh, the media is being, like, negative in the way that they're, like, portraying, like, his recovery efforts oh, or yeah. something she like that. Oh, yeah, she was like, I love my son. <laughs> and it's like, bitch, you didn't even acknowledge your granddaughter until you were fucking court-ordered to, so, come on. Why do you think they don't acknowledge her? Because she comes from, like, lower stock or whatever? Lower stock and because she's, like, illegitimate. I mean, how many, like, you know, families, like, have just, like, an extra heir that... You know, the mother's not around unless they're dead. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? True, yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, so that happened on Capitol Hill this week. 
That's pretty funny. Just the United States of America's Congress <laughs> wasting their time on that. I mean, they did. The state Congress for Pennsylvania did that fucking Taylor Swift day. Yeah, that's what so. they're fucking spending our tax dollars on. <laughs> um, so uh, let's go to this next story. I wanted to talk to you about this thing that happened with eBay. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Um, so eBay agrees to pay $3 million in fines to resolve criminal charges over employees who harassed a Massachusetts couple by sending them spiders, cockroaches, and other disturbing items to their home. Um, what? Yeah, so the Justice Department charged eBay with stalking, witness tampering, and obstruction of justice in regards to an alleged scheme to uh, intimidate the couple who produced an online newsletter uh, called E-Commerce Bites that upset the eBay executives with its coverage. Uh, this all supposedly occurred back in like 2019, so they've been like battling this in court ever since. Um, and I guess they just like uh, agreed to pay this fine to try to like alleviate some of the... Sorry about the spiders. So the couple uh, who served as the newsletter's publisher and editor have sued eBay in federal, in federal court describing how cyber-stalking and upsetting deliveries <laughs> of anonymously sent packages upended their lives. Uh, they received harassing and threatening Twitter messages as well as dozens of strange emails from groups like an irritable bowel syndrome patient support group <laughs> and the Communist Party of the United States. I mean, can they really blame that on eBay? I got a so, fucking message from the Illuminati once. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> um, so, along with a box of spiders and cockroaches, live spiders and cockroaches. What kind? Uh, they didn't say, um, but they were alive. Uh, the couple also received a funeral wreath, a bloody pig mask, and a book about surviving the loss of a spouse. <laughs> oh shit! Their home address was also posted. Uh, online with announcements inviting strangers to yard sales and parties. Remember we were watching that one thing where the lady was like trying to get at her daughter-in-law by uh, posting her uh, address Oh on, yeah. Uh, Craigslist and she was like, and she was like in and rape me. she's like yeah we're looking for like uh, I'm looking for like a guy to come in and like like just take me without me knowing about it or whatever. <laughs> that was on Dr. Phil. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, so uh, the oh, harassment man. started after the couple published a story about a lawsuit brought by eBay that accused Amazon of poaching its sellers. Uh, a half an hour after the article was published, eBay's then CEO, Devin Wenig, sent another uh, top executive a message saying, if you're ever going to take her down, now is the time. He went on to call the couple uh, biased trolls who need to get burnt down. Uh, seven former employees ultimately pleaded guilty to charges in the case. One of the executives admitted to driving to Massachusetts to spy on the couple and had plans to install a GPS tracker on their car. What? So, you know how, like, you watch these, like, movies, like, these crappy, like, 80s comedies, and there's, like, the CEO of the company getting his hands dirty? Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what? 
you got to do a job or do it yourself. I'm going to go out there and spy on these people myself. <laughs> yeah. I always thought that was fake. Like, why, why wouldn't you, if you're going to do something crazy, why wouldn't you, uh, like, contract this out to somebody else? Well, because then another person knows about it. Seven people were in on it. Okay, then that's And ridiculous. those seven people were, like, top executives at the company. But, like, what did she... So, the people from eBay... I thought they said they, they accused Amazon from for poaching sellers from eBay. Yeah. So, so the, then why the, was eBay mad about that? Because I guess they didn't want that type of coverage, or maybe they came like when they did this when they wrote the story. Maybe they came from it like a how dare eBay think that Amazon's stealing its like sellers or whatever. I don't know. But for whatever case, they were like upset of the type of covers that they were getting. What? And they decided to send them spiders, cockroaches, funeral reefs, a book about losing a spouse, <laughs> and then signing them up for newsletters about communism and uh, <laughs> irritable bowel syndrome supports. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's funny, but the part where he said, like, yeah, yeah, I drove down to Massachusetts to spy on them. That's, that's fucking You're weird. a CEO of a company. You couldn't, like, hire some homeless guy to go do that. Like, that's wild. Yeah, sure. You shouldn't get your hands dirty. <laughs> for sure. And then, like, and then if they, somebody says that it was you... And right. you could just be like, that guy's obviously crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unless you're uh, Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. He's still in jail, right? <laughs> yeah. Fuck, we got to get him out of there. Yeah. I am the chosen one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been a crazy week for, uh, like, big companies. <laughs> Everything? Uh, yeah. Uh, All right, let's talk about the Boeing thing. Yeah, that's what I was uh, trying to change it to. Uh, the airplane manufacturing giant Boeing is being sued by passengers from an Alaskan Airlines flight after a door-like panel on the Boeing 737 MAX 9 plane <laughs> detached mid-flight, causing rapid depressurization in the cabin during the flight, um, which means I guess they were like in the air. Uh, one of the fucking walls fell out. <laughs> and then I guess all that pressure from being up in the air, like, Was just, overcame like, sucking them. people out? The way no, nobody... Suck anybody out? Nobody got sucked off. Uh, the complaint named six passengers and a family member as plaintiffs. Uh, it says that the January 5th incident resulted in physical injuries, including concussions, bruises, difficulty breathing, and bleeding ears as well as emotional trauma. Uh, it also alleges that many of the oxygen masks on the plane seemed inoperable at the time. Uh, that seems like a big problem. Uh, Alaska Airlines, uh, which off, uh, offered passengers an apology, a full refund for the flight, and $1,500 to assist with any inconveniences, <laughs> is not named as a defendant in the case. So I guess that's like important to differentiate. It's not the... Uh, Airlines, it's like the company that makes the airplanes, right? Right, that's, Boeing's that's is like the one. Yeah, up. yeah. Um, so this is what happened. So shortly after the plane took off, they were coming from, I believe, Portland, Oregon to uh, California. So it was supposed to be like a short flight. Um, it was uh, they were carrying 171 passengers and six crew members. Uh, while they were in the air, uh, a portion of the plane's wall, known as the door plug, blew out with a sudden loud explosive noise. It left a gaping hole in the aircraft that one passenger said was as wide as a refrigerator. Oh, my God. Can you imagine comparing things 
to just a refrigerator. <laughs> like, the, that was the only thing that they could think of at the time. I mean, that was that big of a hole in the fucking plane that you're in the air with? Yeah. Jesus. I would have said, like, a big, like, I don't know. I it guess refrigerator. Yeah, like, I mean, but the refrigerator is the same size as, like, a door. Yeah, just say, like, a door size. Or don't say anything. Just say, hey, the fucking wall blew out of the goddamn airplane. <laughs> Who cares what size it was? Uh, yeah, uh, it left a gaping... I feel like you don't even want a pinhole in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rapid depressurization that followed... Uh, this was my favorite part. It ripped the shirt off of a boy... <laughs> and it sucked cell phones off of the plane. Uh, there was a video that I saw online of some guy's uh, iPhone, like, surviving the fall. They were, like, pretty fucking high up. I think it was, like, 15,000 feet up or some oh, shit. shit. Were they on, like, their decline at that point? They were taken off. They were, like, oh. in the air, like, about to go to California. And oh, shit. the fucking, the wall exploded. <laughs> oh, my God. But how funny is that, that they're getting sued for, like, like, you know, the concussion that, like, one person got and, like, bruises and, like... The bleeding ears would come from the depressurization, right? Yeah. But the emotional trauma, like, you have to add, like, a sexual abuse component to it because a minor got his shirt ripped off. (laughs) It's fucking hilarious. Um, So uh, the plane made a safe uh, emergency landing. The FAA said that it is investigating whether Boeing failed to ensure completed products conform to its approved design and were in a condition for safe operation in compliance with FAA regulations. Uh, The FAA has grounded all Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes with a door plug. Uh, I would say just ground all of them for the time being. Uh, Yeah. Boeing 737 MAX line has had issues in the past uh, with two fatal crashes within months of each other at the end of 2018. Uh, Investigators determined that the crashes were partly due to faulty technical assumptions by Boeing's engineers and a lack of transparency among Boeing's management. Hmm. Which sounds like a fancy way to say, like, oh, they fucked up and the people didn't do anything about it. Yeah. (laughs) There's some—I feel like every episode we cover some shit that happens with an airplane. It's insane, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And as a kid, my dad worked for American Airlines, and I never, ever had any thoughts of, like, planes being unsafe. Because, like— Statistically, you're more likely to die in a car accident than in a plane crash. They say that, but who's taking those statistics? I mean, I don't know. At the time, I just believed it. (laughs) I was like, sounds good, Dad. Yeah. But we flew all the time because he worked for the—he didn't work on the planes, so I was comfortable knowing that. You know, well, you, you would have felt okay. (laughs) Um, No, he was like—he worked on, like, the jet bridges and, like, the ground equipment. Yeah. But, like, they did, a, um, like, a review of all, like, the ground crew that worked at the airlines. And they were like, no, they all did their job correctly. They, it, the, the wall just exploded off the thing. <laughs> the wall just didn't stay on? <laughs> but, I mean, I thought I heard somebody saying that the reason for that thing on the wall was because in case they decided to expand the plane or something like that. Like, do they, they were going to add... No, I mean, like, they left the plane with that wall like not completely like like a plug um, because a later version of this plane was supposed to have like additional space added to it oh uh, so it was greed 
Yeah, which is so stupid. It's like, why would you ever create a point of, like, possible, like, depressurization yeah. on the plane that's not absolutely necessary? Well, I mean, you made a joke earlier about the pinpoint, but it's literally, it just takes that much. I know. Of a, like, <laughs> uh, break in that, like, seal, right? I mean, I think so. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. I don't know. You think uh, this is going to affect, like, travel? Nah. At all? Not really. People that are gonna fly are gonna still fly. They don't give a fuck, right? They don't give a fuck. What like do you think about aren't. what do you think about the airlines? Uh, you think they should have gave them more money, fifteen hundred dollars to each person? There's uh, one hundred and seventy-one people, so that's like what, a lot. It's one hundred and seventy-one thousand. <laughs> plus half. Plus half. Yeah. That's a lot. Plus I refunding mean, the tickets. Plus refunding the tickets. I mean, no, fifteen hundred dollars doesn't seem enough for being stuck on a fucking plane. With a door not on it. <laughs> I, I feel like, nah. Nah, you gotta give everybody at least 10. You gotta give them all new phones. Yeah. Free flights for like a year. At least therapy for... But also, again, it's not their fault. Like... It's, it's not, but like... They're the ones providing the service. So I feel like they have to have some sort of like... Uh, what's it called? Fault well, so in the stars. <laughs> when they have mechanics yeah. that are airplane mechanics, right? Do they work for the airline, the airplane manufacturer, or the airport? That's a good question. I have no idea. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know. I would assume they probably work for the airline. For the airline. Yeah, and then the... So they can, like, travel different locations and do... Yeah, okay. and then the, like, the... Because Boeing makes the parts. Who puts that shit together, though? I think Boeing, yeah. They do all They of it. put it all together and they send it over to you and then your people keep it running, basically. Right. Because otherwise they would just build the planes themselves and... You know what I mean? Well, unless they say, like, you know, like They're how the Apple Store does. Boxes. <laughs> well, it's kind of like how the Apple Store does, where it's like, you can get it to work, but if you need to fix it, you need to go through our guys. Oh, yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's probably something like that. I don't know. honestly don't know. I hadn't thought about it until, although I should have. I remember when I went to the Bahamas for senior week. Uh oh. <laughs> Our flight got delayed for a day and a half because a part for the plane that they needed to put mm. on the plane that we were taking to Florida or wherever the fuck we were to the Bahamas, like wasn't in the airport and the part was faulty on the plane that we were about to use. So they had to fly another plane down to Florida to get this part, fly back to us. To what put the it on fuck? The yeah, I was like, what kind of part was it? I don't it's know. A cup holder? Fucking just bolt for something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking trap door bolt. I don't know. We made it there, but it was like a... But at the time, I was like, this is fucking crazy. There's got to be like a faster way to do this. But yeah. planes is pretty much the fastest way you can get back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I've never been on an airplane. No? No. And I don't think I will, like, anytime soon with all these crazy fucking stories. Yeah. That's the thing. Now I'm scared. When I was a kid, we flew all, like I said, all the time. Last time I went anywhere was 15 years ago. I went to Vegas. Yeah. So, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to our next story. Uh, where are we at here? eBay? No, we did that one. Uh, oh, we're doing... Oh, I, I was excited to talk to you about this one. Okay. Uh, hold on. 
so um this was pretty interesting so uh they've discovered a network of lost cities uh in the amazon um okay. ancient lost cities uh, a network of cities uh are thought to date back about uh 2500 years 2500 years uh the pre-hispanic settlements were found in the upano valley of the amazonian ecuador in the eastern foothills of the andes um the discovery marks the earliest and largest urban network of built and dug features in the amazon so far so they found like cities and shit before in the amazon but none this uh advanced as far as like road building and shit goes okay so this is like is like changes everything as far as like their timelines go okay um research researchers use lidar uh the light detecting and raging uh ranging oh yeah 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 uh, what they fucking, the thing that does like a landscape like a topography thing yeah they're like lasers yeah yeah uh we watch a lot of skinwalker ranch and they use they LIDAR. were always fucking getting lidar in there for something uh so they use lidar to detect the structures uh below the thick tree canopy so that was the problem is that there's been millions of airplanes that have flown over these places but because they're covered by the trees that have grown there uh you can't see the features anymore so oh, they okay. use LIDAR imaging to basically recreate uh, what they think these like cities would look like. Um, so at least 15 clusters of complexes identified as settlements were discovered. Uh, thought to be most likely inhabited by the Kilamope, uh, K-I-L-A-M-O-P-E, or the Upano cultures uh, of Ecuador and the Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, the overall organization of the cities suggests oh, yeah, <laughs> that the existence of advanced engineering at the time, according to researchers who concluded that the garden urbanism of the Upano Valley provides further proof that Amazonia is not the pristine forest once depicted. Mm. They said we should imagine pre-Columbian Amazonia like a nest of ants with everybody busy with activities. So uh, basically they're saying that like we're going to find a lot more of these cities. Yeah. But now it's hard to find them because like we said before they're overgrown with these like bushes and trees and shit yeah so you can't see like where they were before but this they're saying that like when you think of the amazon nowadays you think of like just lush rainforests and like thick trees everywhere yeah but he's they're trying to say like you have to imagine it like just not that just all settlements of people like those trees weren't as thick back then because they were filled with like settlements of people Okay. Um, yeah, I heard that. Like, somebody was telling me recently that they thought that, like, because, like, everybody, doesn't they say that the Amazon takes up, like, a certain percentage of the world's oxygen or makes a certain percent of the world's oxygen? Yeah. That's why it's always, like, such a concern if it's on fire. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, you know, I always had it in my brain that it was just always, a like, a rainforest. Yeah. But it it started as a city that just got overgrown. I think it was a rainforest until the, the people came, the indigenous people were in that valley and settled there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it wasn't a rainforest. And then that culture eventually died out or moved away. And then it became a rainforest again. Gotcha. Um, 
So the discovery of the urban networks aligns closely with other sites that have been found across tropical forests of Panama, Guatemala, Belize, Brazil, and Mexico. Uh, the area of the recent discovery also lies in the shadow of a, of a volcano that may have led to the destruction of the society, uh, but it also like enriches the soil, so it makes the trees like grow bigger and thicker. Which is kind of crazy, right? Because it hides the uh, mark, the mark of civilization better if there's a volcano there. <laughs> um, so cities like Machu Picchu in Peru confirmed the existence of cities in the highlands of South America. Uh, but up until this discovery, it was generally believed that people only live nomadically and or in tiny settlements in the Amazon. Okay. okay. Uh, so they never thought that people had like expansive like cities where they like stood and lived there for like a while. So the people that they found, like little tribes then that are still nomads, they're probably like the ones that just didn't follow the main civilizations. Like they're probably like the off the gridders. Right. Or they started off in these cities and then became the off the gridders. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. they were like, oh no, let's just fucking stay here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um the site is older than any other currently known site in the Amazon, with the site being built around 2,500 years ago and being inhabited for about 1,000 years, with an estimation of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people living there at one time. Um, so it was pretty interesting how they discovered their, or they're like classifying these as settlements. Uh, they use a term called mound building. So... Apparently, nomadic tribes would not build anything, right? Because they're always, like, on the move to, like, follow where the food goes. Yeah. But when uh, the nomads decided to stop in an area, uh, a mark of that would be building mounds because you wouldn't keep your living area on the ground because it's raining and shit, right? Or animals or whatever the fuck. Okay. So they build these mounds to put their buildings on top of either their huts to live or like a center, like a city, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so the existence of these mounds, uh, next to each other in such a small grouping, uh, indicates that it was like a city or like a, a loose, like village at the time. Nice. Uh, so they've basically found like all these like different types of settlements that were like overgrown, but they're all connected by these like roadways. Okay. So they're like, oh shit, like there was a city here, like at one time. We thought that there was nothing ever here, but. So, like, I wonder, did they date this stuff to say, like, how old they think it is, or have they not got in there? Well, it said 2,500 years ago, supposedly. So. So that's like 500 BC? Mm, yeah. Right? 2,500 yeah. or something like that? Around yeah. There, yeah. yeah. When are we told like the first? So this would be after we know we know of civilizations. Then this isn't like they found an ancient civilization. Well, they don't even know about this civilization because again, they thought that people in exist. the in the yeah. forest like just kept moving. They yeah. didn't know that they stopped for any period of time. That's wild. So this like changes all that shit. It's pretty cool though, right? I mean, I think it's interesting. I've always wanted to visit a rainforest, but like the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, it'd be a lot of bugs and shit. You got to get on a plane to go there. Yeah. I mean, again, I wasn't afraid of that until recently. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so we got like two more topics that uh, we wanted to cover. Uh, 
This next one was pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. We kind of read the headline and thought it wasn't like really worth talking about, but then you started to do uh, more research into it and discover some pretty crazy stuff, right? Yeah. So um, it's funny because like two different people sent me this article that was saying that the Pope is battling to ban surrogacy worldwide. Um, and he disagrees with the creation of a contract for a human being. So, um, so the Pope, current Pope of the Catholic Church, what did he do? He sent out, what is it called? Like an edict or something? Yeah, I guess he like made a, sta- whatever their papal statements are, he had a bunch of statements about everything that was going on in the, the current state of the world. Like he was saying stuff about Russia invading Ukraine. Mm. He was saying stuff about the stuff that happened in Gaza. Um, and then he, I guess, because the United States is working on, like, a federal bill that addresses surrogacy, mm-hmm. that's when he um, made the statement that it should be banned worldwide. Oh, so you think he did this in, in response in response to the United States coming out with a bill? I don't, I'm like, I'm not sure that they've actually come out with it or if it's just something that they're working on that maybe the Pope was presented or something. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. He must get like, he must have a line on like shit that the Catholic Church cares about when they're like working on it in Congress. Yeah, do you think they do one of those, like, uh, a Catholic caucus? Yeah, or just have, like, a file <laughs> that, like, shit the Pope wants to know about. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So, like, there's really no federal regulations on um, being a surrogate or having a surrogate uh, carry a child for you. Really? So they're trying to work on it. I mean, some states have different laws. Most of them say, like, um, they allow it. You have to have, like, attorneys and shit involved, and there's a lot of different, like, uh, clauses and stuff, because one of them, um, like, it's different between, like, somebody that was, like, pregnant and decides they want to give their baby up for adoption, like, at birth, because they have the right at birth to change their mind. Okay. Do you know what I mean? But because this isn't uh, uh, genetically the, the parent, the person that's carrying the baby's child... Um, they have to come up with a contract between the intended parents and the, the I forget what they call it, the gestational carrier. Mama and Yaya and Baba. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be honest. My entire knowledge of surrogacy comes from two movies. Yeah. Loser with uh, the dude from American Pie mm-hmm. and Juno. Baby Mama. Baby mom. Okay, three movies. And Juno wasn't surrogacy. It was, Juno was adoption. It was what you just said, right? Yeah. 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 So, so that's out the window. So two, just baby mama. <laughs> yeah. And what was the first one? Uh, you said it. Yeah, what was it again? I don't remember. Uh, oh, Jesus, lo- loser. loser. I didn't even... I don't, that's about surrogacy? Yeah. Um, the dude from American Pie, he falls in love with Mina Servari. And she's trying to, like, become a surrogate or sell her eggs or something to make money. Oh, okay. I think she works at, like, a vet or some shit like that. <laughs> that movie sucked. I remember for, like, a few years I was not working and living back with my parents. And my dad one time sent me this thing that was, like, $35,000 for women willing to, like, donate their eggs. But it's, like, a complicated <laughs> process, right? It is. I don't think he had any idea, but I was like, what the fuck, Dad? <laughs> he thought you just scooped up your period and just send it just, off in the just mail? Just fucking scoop it off, <laughs> scoop it off those pads and send it to him. They're going to give you $35,000. $35,000. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, so so the Pope's issue is the contract because he doesn't think that a human being should be like subject to a contract. Um, oh. Apparently. Like I said, there's no real regulations. They do have some. There's two kinds of, like, surrogacy. One's called altruistic surrogacy, which means you're doing it, like, out of the kindness of your heart. You don't get paid. I mean, you could still get paid, but it's, uh. you know, it's one of those, like, gray area things. And then there's commercial surrogacy where there are services that, like, match up either potential surrogates with families or, or whatever, mm. but they have contracts that they have to draw up saying, like, specific terms on, you know... Like certain things, like um, for instance, like they could have an abortion, um, like an abortion amendment, basically in it, what? saying like yeah, an abortion clause or a termination clause, and is often used in surrogacy contracts to prescribe to prescribe the circumstances in which the intended parents can request the termination of the pregnancy that the baby be aborted. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So, so if the parent wait, so if they. Signing this contract and they're the they're the parents. They can say like, "We change our mind, get rid of it." Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So I guess that that is kind of weird because that's crazy. Like, what if the what if the uh, the the person that's being the surrogate is like, no, does yeah. she get to just keep the baby? Well, she probably doesn't want it, right? She probably wants that sweet thirty five thousand. She probably does, but I mean, like at the end of the day, like, are you just gonna like? Do you still have to get paid? Maybe you can, like, put it at the firehouse. They do that, right? They'd but I'm saying, like, if it's sometimes, like, the a women that do surrogacy, and I'm not going to, like, I don't generalize, but, or, you know, they're, they have more pro-life views on things. What if they're mm. not, you know, f- okay with that? That's got to be a crazy, like, uh, cycle to go through, like, mentally. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. It depends on, like, how they view things. Like, maybe they're just looking at it as, like, a a transaction or something. I don't know. And that's the Pope's, like, kind of issue with it. Mm. Um, uh, He's concerned with significant changes that were proposed to uh, House Bill, uh, if you want to look it up, 5207 to 5215. Okay. Um, There's significant changes to that bill that um, currently finds parentage through birth genetics or adoption so they look at someone's parents as either their their parents because they were born to them they adopted them or it's like oh we found out on you know through a dna sample you know what i mean that these are this is the parents um as currently written, these bills would allow individuals with no guidelines for their relationship or even a requirement that they share a household to consent or contract to in- to consent or contract to intentionally create a child. In other words, essentially any two people could agree that they intend to parent a child through assisted reproduction or a surrogacy contract, regardless of the individual's relationship to each other or the child. The bill would also enshrine posthumous conception into Michigan law, intentionally creating a child after one or more of their parents have died. Uh, what? Yeah. How the fuck does that happen? I don't know. I mean, yeah, like, that's say, the like... Oh, yeah. Uh, a young couple dies in a car accident. The woman has had eggs frozen, and the man, you know, gets his semen taken at, at death. They could find somebody like, you know, maybe these two people's 
parents were like, we want grandchildren. We still have like the eggs and the, the, uh, we just need a fucking pot to put it in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they could basically, there's, there's no wording that saying that says that that can't happen. So who gets put on child support in that case? I guess whoever agrees that they're going to be the parents. So that's like a contract on top of a contract on top of another contract. Oh God. Yeah, and there's a lot of instances. I mean, like, for a lot of women that do surrogacy, especially in other countries, end up being, uh, like, exploited because it's they're, they're already, like, short on money. Yeah. So, uh, We're going to give you the, all the nasty-ass leftovers. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not great. Um, and there's a lot of um, a lot of Ukrainian surrogates, Ooh. which I guess there's like a, issues because uh, the Pope had issues because of the women over there being in like harm's way with okay. the war going on. I don't know if that's the whole reason, but that's what he said. Um, huh. Yeah. So uh, so he said that he would like it banned. He would like to see it banned. Completely. And um, yeah, he, he thinks that it's. Uh, he, although he does say that same-sex parents who obtain a child through sur- uh, surrogacy, mm. uh, that child can be baptized. Okay. So. Huh. He, they're like, you shouldn't do it, but we'll we'll baptize the kid. But so from what you what you like looked up, it looks like he's trying to say that he's against it because it's taking advantage of the the woman who's acting as the surrogate. Yeah. Which is kind of the basis of their religion, so... So, yeah. <laughs> so, wait, so he's fine... Is he fine with it occurring if everybody's, like, taken care of the right way? I guess so, because the other part of it is, like, the eugenics part of it. Because a lot of times what they'll do is, like, they will fertilize a couple eggs already and then just freeze them, like, suspended animation, until the couple decides to either use it or don't. Right. Because they think, like, once this egg is fertilized, that's a person. So it's, like, a eugenics kind of thing, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's, like, it's layered. The issue is very layered. God damn. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen with this? Do you think his, uh, like, statement is going to influence American politics or any, like, uh, decisions, like, abroad? I think what's going to happen is the federal—they're just not going to do any federal mandates on it. They're just going to fucking leave it alone and let what's been happening happen, where people that are rich can just pay for somebody to have a baby. And uh, if anybody else wants that done, like, you have to go to the states that are illegal in. Like, if it's legal in a state, you can go do it. But if it's not legal in your state, then you have to go to another state, I, I suppose. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, oh, wait, there was one other thing um, that was crazy about that. Um, and I forgot it, so uh, it'll come back to me. Was it this? When I was in elementary school, I joined the Girl Scouts of America. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been it, yeah. Yeah. So... Um. You want to move on to yeah, uh, yeah, our final topic of the day. Uh, what the hell has been going on? What's going on with these Stanley Cups? I, I honestly don't know. Um, I've seen the craze. Uh, it was a 
recently, most recently, there was like these pink cups between Starbucks and and Stanley. They came yeah. out with like a special Valentine's Day pink. Yeah, yeah. I guess, and that was being there's. I've, how many videos have we seen of people fighting over this shit? Uh, a lot recently. Which I like. I don't understand how that craze got started. Yeah. Um, except for the only thing I can like track to like the current Stanley phase is that thing where the lady's car caught on fire and okay. the Stanley cup survived. And then the guy that oh, whoever's the CEO was like offered to buy her a new car and replace her Stanley cup. You know, this is how much attention I paid to that story originally when it first happened. It ha- yeah. It was on Fox. I That's knew, why I'm like, how is this a trend? I knew it was happening, <laughs> but I thought it was her cup was the only thing that survived from a, a fire in Hawaii in Maui. Oh, oh, no. I don't and I was like, it. wait a minute. Why are they buying her a new cup and a new car if her home was lit on fire? Yeah, Adam, they didn't really say where the car fire was either. Uh, like, I don't, I don't know. So, the car so was let's just... talk about Stanley Cup. Yeah, the company. So the company. Yeah. So they've been around since like 1901 or something like that. Okay. And they have been um, known as the classic symbol of being built for life. Um, yeah, the green fucking thermos, right? Everybody had yeah, one of those. Yeah, and they said being built for life is hard to define, but it's easy to identify. It's the inner badass that pushes us to do remarkable things and wring the most out of life. That's oh. Stanley's uh, fucking, that's their, uh, I don't know. Their words of wisdom or whatever. It's the inner so badass. So on the Stanley, yeah. Yo, so on the Stanley Cup, this is what I found was interesting. There's this bear, and they call it the mythical Stanley bear. Okay. And it was born from people that had the products, like, around a campfire outside, mm. writing into Stanley and telling them about crazy stories that happened with their Stanley Cup involving bears. Where they would have it, and a bear showed up, and they hit it with the uh, oh. Stanley Cup, and it went away. Oh, those! T- I thought, okay, so yeah. they were just hitting bears with. Well, their- so the one story story Allegedly. that I saw, like as an example, was this guy saying, like, uh, my wife and I were camping in the dark when um, I thought I saw a bear, so I grabbed like my you know trusty Stanley Cup, and I turned to hit the bear. And I realized I hit my wife with it instead of the oh, bear. Oh, shit. But the, but the bear was, like, so freaked out with whatever we were doing that it ran away. Yeah, exactly. What? whoa. So, with, so, I guess all of these stories that they were getting about these bear stories yeah. got more and more, like, wild over the years. And that's why they made the Stanley Miss Bear. Uh, so what wilder of a story is there than the car caught on fire yeah. and the Stanley Cup survived? Okay. And I'm like, I wonder if they just started that story. Right, right, right. To like to add to the lore of the Stanley Cup myth. You know, there's been like a trend of these companies like doing that. Like I saw one story a couple months ago where uh, something happened and somebody was like... Uh, something happened with like a wedding like i don't know like if it was like canceled or whatever but like a bunch of companies like started reaching out to the person and being like we got oh you know what it was probably like a cruise thing okay and like they were supposed to have like a wedding on the cruise and then it got canceled because of covid or something and they were like uh 
don't worry like we got like the cruise company reached out to them through social media okay. to, for, for like the cred you know what i mean it'd be like <laughs> no we got you we got you on another cruise like on us and then like because of that like all these different companies are like oh like we'll also donate like a week uh, stay for free at our hotel or whatever and then like this other company was like and we'll throw in like sunglasses for you and this other company was like we'll give you clothes you know what i mean oh, it's like God. a thing where they're all trying to like jump on the bandwagon of like helping people out quote unquote yeah, yeah yeah so i like i feel like this this story was born maybe like one thing happened with a bear mm. and then it's like how you know people write those crazy amazon reviews and like sometimes they just become really funny yeah like yeah, yeah. the one about the gummy bears like the sugar-free gummy bears oh yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? like that kind of legendary yeah yeah i feel like that's what they're doing with the stanley cup reviews and okay. that's how the bear was born yeah so um i'm not really sure about what the craze is i feel like it's, it must have been like taylor swift or something that was seen with one because i don't know other than so, that TikTok thing, what was a what what was a thing that happened? I was like reading a thing that there was like a website that, like, it's one of those websites like uh what what's the thing where they like, uh they tell you like which uh companies to buy from, you um, know what I mean? They like suggest like oh here's like a a a, a global friendly toothbrush or whatever the fuck. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was one of these websites that was, like, for women, and they had, like, a, a list of, like, the best, like, cups or whatever. So on the website, the people who ran the website were basically, like, these Stanley Cups are the best ones, and they come in, like, these specific colors, but they've been discontinued since, like, 2019 or whatever. So apparently the traffic from that website led them to sell out of that, like, cup, Okay. So then the women reached out to Stanley and was like, if you make another, like, round of these, like, colored cups, like, we could promote it for you. And, like, we're pretty sure they're going to sell out. And they did it again, and then they started selling out. And I guess that's when the influencers started to, like, pick up on it. Yeah, but that's so—it's weird to me that influencers pick something up from their parents. Because usually it works the other way. Because uh, uh, who was that person, like, the trend— projector was like oh this is gonna go away soon because the parents are into it oh but yeah it's like, no the parents were into it first yeah well they were into the brand and carrying liquids around with you right i guess yeah and then it became like like our generation was like the wasteful one with like the plastics and shit yeah. and and then like the next generation that came up after was like oh no let's bring this thing back but yeah uh so I guess they're mad that their parents are using like the colorful cups now. <laughs> I don't I don't fucking understand it. I really don't. Like yeah. I I don't get the crazy. It seems like the beanie baby thing. Yeah. In a way, right? Like Yeah, they're well, like, they're doing the thing where they're like uh intentionally causing uh the lack of the inventory in order to drive the interest up, right? Yeah. It's like what they're doing with glass in the vintage market. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, it's like, like we, there's so many We were talking about it and like how these people are like, "Well, they shouldn't be uh, charging this much for this like thing and it's like if they're not charging that much for it and they're not making it unavailable in certain areas no one's gonna want it uh, exactly if they just release those cups and they, they were like oh we have a bunch of them now uh there's ten thousand stanley cups in every color at every store and they're only two dollars 
nobody would fucking buy them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that, my friends, is what is wrong with the world. Yeah. <laughs> do you, we? I feel like we're running out of time. Do you want to get to uh, the the next little thing to do because it has to do with cups? Yeah, let's get to our last segment. Uh, it has to kind of do with cups. Let's. Uh, where's the intro? Uh, oh, here you go. In the name of Jesus, you be made whole by the power of God. That's right. It's our speaking spell segment, everyone, where we uh, discuss rituals, uh, rituals uh, little things that could be considered magic. Uh, or spells. Spells. Yeah. So there's a couple things I wanted to talk about with cups and water. Uh, because Stanley we were cups. talking about Stanley Cups. And the first thing was, um, I, everybody probably heard of that uh, study that was done by that Japanese scientist, like, uh, what was it, in like the 90s or something? Uh, Takeshi Mororo? Whatever the fuck. Where he studied the way that water would freeze, like the crystal formations, when you spoke words of, like, different kinds of words to them. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you talked to to water and said things like love, trust, thank you, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it would change into the crystals into uh, like uh, geometrically perfect shapes that were like, you know, beautiful. You know, like like the way that crystals would form. Right, but they but form if, that way based off of based the off vibrations. Based vibration of, of the words. Yeah, yeah. So, and it also works the same way is if you write a word on like a piece of paper and then mm. put it on to like a like you know like a post it and put it on to the wa- like a cup of water. Yeah. It took it they so they've done so many studies showing like the the water molecules are changing based on the words that are written on the bottles okay. or or the cups of water that you're using. Right, right. So there's a thing called the two cup method, which there's another podcast I listened to and the girl went over in depth on how to do it, but mm-hmm. it is a magic ritual okay. um, where you basically get two glass cups and um, on the first cup, it's what your life is right now. Like, what do you, what do you have? And then on the second cup, you want to put like what you want. Okay. So like you, the first cup you would say like, um, not enough money. Okay. And so you would put that on the first cup. And then on the second cup, you would put, like, enough money in my bank account. Oh, okay. So you pour the—so you put water in the, the first cup, and then you pour the water from the first cup into the second cup, mm-hmm. and you drink that water. And that's supposed to be, like, a manis- manifestation method. Oh, okay. So, like, like, if you had— timelines. If you had two separate, like, Stanley Cups, you can put— uh, one Stanley cup that says like sad because of war and in the other cup you can put like world peace and then you pour the one in there and then you drink it and then there's no more war in the world. Exactly. You got to drink a lot of water though. Cause it's like, you know, magic is all about intention. So if you have the intention to change all the war in the world, like yeah. that's going to be a very complicated pattern that you have to get into your water. Yeah. That's the moment. You have to drink a lot oh, yeah. of it. But the whole point of the cup method is that, like, when you um, are trying to make these changes, like, you don't want to put anything negative on the thing that you want to change to. Oh, okay. So, like, in this one where you're saying not enough money, um, you don't want to say anything that says, like, not this. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, okay. not poor. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of writing poor, not poor, you're still writing poor on both of these glasses. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. So you write poor and then rich on the other one. Because I'm just using money as an example. Like, whatever you want. Like, sick, healthy. Not sick, not sick. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so, like, on the one, you can put sober, and on the other, you can put... You know what I feel like? A mother effing beer. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you think Jesus turned water into wine? But that... Yeah. He did it that way? Yeah, The two-cup so. method? Well, because water is basically programmable. It's got memory. So, if you want your water to do certain things for you, you mm. can program it with your words and your your like words on the bottle which to me that's what brought me back to the stanley thing because i was like shit what does that stanley bear mean what are they programming everybody's water with oh. and so what that took me to is um that a bear is an ancient mythological creature mm-hmm. that is associated with like the ursinus is it ursa ursa minor or, yeah but also eventually like as always leads back to hermes Oh, so the bear is a symbol of that in what Nordic culture? Nah, it's like the it's 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 the equivalent of the Greek translation or whatever in another culture, but yeah. Puerto Rico. (laughs) So. You think they're putting some weird... Well, because it's the god of commerce. Look at how much money they've made off of us. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So that that's basically like a fuck you to the humans, but a here you go to the Ursa Minor or whatever. Or, or whatever. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, like, so... Who's this guy? William Stanley? What did he do? He, like, patented the... Uh, he, made a, he made a cup. Yeah, but, like, he patented the way it is right because it's like metal on the outside and glass on the inside or some shit like that i know no it's metal on the inside it's like stainless steel on the inside but isn't there like glass involved i don't know if there's glass involved honestly well it has to be if it's gonna keep i haven't seen the how it's made on a stanley cup we should watch that actually no we shouldn't (laughs) it's like watching fucking paint dry (laughs) but i'm sure they make it well apparently they're american made so we got Banya Stanley. Don't do that. No, what was kidding. the, uh, was, what was, didn't you say there was like another method about the cups? Well, the other thing you can do is just like if you want to program your own water, um, there's words that you can speak to your water. Uh, okay, so one, the first one with the two cups is more of like an intentional, like, shift. Okay. And, and then this second one is like, words that you can sort of the same thing but just with one with one cup and you just program the water so what i read to do was you rub your hands vigorously together to channel the energy through your body that you want to hold in the glass of water so you rub your hands together and you think about like health beauty energy love whatever and you're thinking about this stuff and then when you hold your water you say six words i'm gonna come this life i'm gonna come (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you just fucking programmed my water wrong god damn it actually no that might not be too bad so the words that you speak to the water are thank you god or the universe whoever you want to say it for blessing me with and then whatever the things that you want so thank you universe for blessing me with abundance thank you universe for blessing me with love Thank you. You know what I mean? All that stuff. And you say it into your water as you're holding it and it programs your water. 
Oh, and because okay. your water can has a memory to it, like a yeah. foam memory, as you drink the water, it helps you manifest the thing that you're thanking it for. Oh, okay. I think I know what I'm going to ask my water for. Okay. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command all of you demons, if there's a demon there, um, you know, uh, affecting this man's penis, male organs, making uh, smaller, whatever, if there's any demon there lodged in his penis right now, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out. You might be free from this thing already. So there you go, guys. So you can just cut that last, like, 10 seconds and put the headphones around your bottle of water, your Stanley cup. You want to... I feel like you want to say it with your own words, though. Oh, it has to be... What if you draw a symbol of a small penis turning into a big penis? Well, I feel like what you would do is you would draw your small penis on the one cup and your big penis on the other cup. And then you pour your small penis into the big penis. And then you dip... Your real then you penis. just drink the water. Okay. You don't gotta dip your penis in it. Oh. Okay. Did you read the wrong instructions? Um. Uh, I'm gonna come. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's enough for today. Yeah, we missed our uh, tarot reading, but I guess we can do that one next week. Yeah, we'll do it next week. Uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let us know what you think, uh, and we will catch you guys on the flip side. Peace out. See ya. Love you. Oh, you guys really stink. We were just singing the baby to sleep. Wake up, little Betty Bies. It was waking me up. When I lay me down to sleep. When the soul identifies with Maya, it forgets. Thus the soul is temporarily in darkness. It is deluded, and it dreams the mortal dream. Becoming increasingly involved and confused, the soul remains bound up with the world. The intuitive faculty becomes suppressed, and its perception of truth blotted out.